0: You know, you go anywhere nowadays and you see some of the challenges that we have in, in the workforce. Yeah, have restaurants that close or change their hours. Hard to get a service technician because they're so busy and they're, they're short in number. Uh, there are openings and challenges and opportunities in the medical profession, nursing, agriculture, teaching, bus drivers truck drivers, hospitality, the trades, I could go on and on and on. And then, of course, on top of that is matching talent and interests with prospective employers or opportunities, and then making sure that those young folks, not always young, have the right skills. They've had the right training. There's a place for them to go to learn how to do something that they're really passionate about and then where they can go from there. It's an opportunity and a challenge at the same time and one that's very, very significant. In the United States right now, this is so hard for me to believe, by the way, there are over 10 million open jobs. In North Dakota, if if you go to job service, you'll see that they say there's about 16,000, 17,000. I've always been told it's usually multiples of that it may be closer to 25 or 30,000. Same thing in South Dakota, about 30,000. Minnesota, over 200,000. There are a lot of opportunities. And today I'm really excited to have as guests on Mike Seminary and Friends, two folks that are really involved in, first in their separate lives, uh, doing what they can to provide opportunities and training for interested folks. And then they have found a way to partner up, which I just love. I love public-private partnerships that do really meaningful things and really kind of have the art of the long view. And I'm just so excited and blessed today to have with me the CEO and founder of Golden Path Solutions, Patrick Manier, and then a person I've known uh, for some time. I've had the great pleasure of working with him on a number of things, and that's Wade Sick. And Wade is the... State Director and Executive Officer for the North Dakota Department of Career Technology and Education. Patrick and Wade, welcome to Mike's Seminary and Friends. Thanks so much for joining me. It's great to see you. How are you? And I'll start with you first, Patrick.
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks, uh, Mike, for having us on the show. Uh, this is awesome. I love your energy and I love your enthusiasm. It's going to be great to spend some time talking with you. Um, I'm great. We actually just got back from a trip uh, to Las Vegas, actually attending the uh, ACTE uh, annual conference. Uh, came back with tons of ideas about how we can continue the work that we're doing. Got to hang out with some of Wade's team um, while we were out there and just learned a ton. So I'm great. And again, thank you for having me on the show.
0: It's my pleasure. Thanks for taking time. And we have to go back in, in a little bit about how we actually met in Bismarck not too long ago. Wade, it's great to
2: see you. It's been a while. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having us. Um, life is great. Um, CTE is in the forefront and I'm just hanging on and, and glad that I'm a part of it. Um, Patrick, you ma- mentioned the ACTE vision conference down in Vegas. I had every intention of attending as well. I know I had staff down there and I know I had, uh, I have a number of local CTE folks down there as well. Um, I, I missed out, but I just had some things here locally that I just couldn't, I couldn't couldn't get out of but but uh, that's okay. Um but again thanks uh thanks Mike for having us.
0: Oh it's a pleasure. Hey, folks I need to let you know that my relationship with Wade goes back uh let's see to about 2014. So gosh that's eight We're coming up on 9 years now. I've been on the North Dakota Economic Development Foundation board and Wade at the time Uh, was working for uh, the Department of Commerce. In in the beginning, he was uh, working with workforce talent and project coordination. Then he became the Director of Workforce Development, which is a huge responsibility, very, very important in the state of North Dakota. Did a bang up job while he was there. And I got to know him, I don't want to say really well, because we had quarterly meetings and uh, he was always busy, a lot of people bending his ear, but a couple of times I had an opportunity to visit with you, Wade, either when we were on a bus going somewhere and I got to learn a lot about you, uh, how important your family is and your background and North Dakota is in, in good hands. I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing for
2: us, Wade. Thanks so much. Well, thanks, Mike. And Patrick. We did good things back then and we're doing better things now.
0: Yeah, well, oh, absolutely. And, and it's it's fun, isn't it? It's fun to do important things. Patrick, we actually met in Bismarck when you were starting your company and we had an event called Disrupt Well and you entered the Innovation Challenge and people got to learn about, you were just kind of launching uh, uh, Golden Path Solutions, I think, at that time. Correct me if I'm wrong and kind of walk us through what you were doing uh, and, and why you entered that Innovation Challenge.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, so that's right, uh Mike. Uh I think we're working with you and Deb and um uh the folks that are on Bismarck uh with um with uh one million cups there and on uh, Gizmo, um just all those different folks. Uh we heard about the uh the disrupt well challenge through another company that was part of that that actually has gone on and, and they've been quite successful, which which is Bushel. Um we know we knew Jake and um he had shared some of what he had done with them. So we thought to enter that competition. And as a small startup, we didn't have a lot of resources available to us. So some of the things about you know, the exposure, we got our professional video that was made. And Wade, I think we actually uh, suckered you into being in that video, uh, if you remember. Um, it was great. And we came out there and we talked about our concept and we got a lot of feedback from folks. And we also made a lot of really great connections. Uh, Tommy Kenville, uh, I know, was part of the group that we uh, pitched to and they gave us feedback I think Paul Steffis was part of that, um, so it was just a really great opportunity for us to, to understand um, kind of how that whole world works, but also to share the vision of what we were building and get feedback on it, and honestly, things since then have just been going great for, for Golden Path. We, we saw some adoption in local schools. We started having conversations with people at the state level about what we were doing, found different ways of innovating, but also supporting state initiatives, which kind of led us to the to the point we are at now. But that was that was one of the first starting points for us.
0: <laughs> Let's stick with Golden Path for just a couple minutes. Uh, sorry, Wade. Uh, because I want to give you the ability and opportunity to talk a little bit about it. But, but I want to read something from your website, which is r- really a profound statement. I, I'm not sure if this is your mission or not, but so I'm going to read this. Through Compass... Golden Path Solutions provides an innovative, modern workforce platform that unlocks every student's natural talent. And by the way, I addressed does a person have to be a student or not? And matches that talent with employers who desperately need it. And students create a profile in Compass. Walk us through, because that's. That's kind of the gist of it. If it yep. Kind of walk us through the genesis of it, how that works, and probably where it's going to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, um, we try to help a student understand what they're good at. And then we we try to help them understand that there will there are people that need their particular skills. And then we try to match them to those those folks. So the way that we do this is in our application compass. We have a student tell us about what they're into when they're in high school. So what classes are they in? Which classes do they love? Maybe which classes don't they like that much? What activities are they in? Um, these can be both school-related activities, but they can also be things they do in their community or even jobs, um, and also what hobbies uh, they like to do in their free time. We believe that all of those things can help uh, connect a student to a potential career. You know, a lot of students will talk about, well, I don't have a resume or I don't have any experience. Our perspective is all of those things that you choose to do when you're in high school that you either are doing at at the school or you're doing in your free time. Those are things that might help us understand what you'd like to do for a career. Um, One of our initial thoughts on this was that student that maybe likes to tinker around with programming because they they're just interested in it. Or think about students that are building computers for gaming. Those are skills that are needed in the workforce. So how do we help a student understand that those things that they thought they were just doing for fun can actually be translated into actual uh, skills and and career paths for them? So in Compass, essentially what students do is they put this information in, they create a profile that they update throughout high school, and then we can use that to connect them to just random uh, generic careers that may be uh, interesting to them, but we can also connect them directly with employers that we are working with, where they can put information about their company, put information about their specific careers. We have a process where we can interview people that are in those roles and find out what they looked like when they were in high school and what was their path. And then we can help students uh, see themselves in those jobs and we can then connect them. Um, We almost sometimes describe what we do as LinkedIn meets Match.com meets uh, the GI Bill, because we have another process for how we can help students I get help with tuition in exchange for work agreements. And all that stuff is where we started with with Golden Path and Compass. Uh that led into work-based learning and some of the stuff that we've been partnering with Wade and his team on which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, I I thank you so much Patrick. I almost created my own profile by that. You that's one more thing I've got to on my plate and I'm using space in your system because I, I wanted to see how it works. So I did something almost as good. I went to the YouTube channel that you have where it shows how you just yeah. dis- describes everything that you just did. And, uh, w- which I thought was uh, really, really, uh, helpful. Wait, f- from what Patrick just said, and from, from where you see the, opportunities for the young people that you're working with how did you see uh, golden path solutions complementing or helping you do what you do at
2: cte well, i think i can think of two things first of all um, the value one of the values of career technical education is just that early career exploration trying to figure out what you like and what you don't like by taking different coursework, by taking foundational courses. And I think with with, with Compass, that's just an, an, another tool that a student can use uh, to, instead of trying to guess what you want to do, use your natural aptitudes and your interests and, 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 and help steer you in a direction that makes the most sense. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, students may be misinformed or might not have enough information when they start making some career choices in high school and, and into college and they may go to an institution of higher education that may not be the right place for them um so a resource like compass and that building that profile can help steer a student on a path we're not trying to 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 uh, um, paint a student into a corner, we're trying to take what they have for natural aptitudes and 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 let them show or show them how they can use those to the highest potential and get them th- you know, on a path um, without having to find themselves once they get to college where it becomes very very expensive. Uh, the second piece that uh, where I really think this plays into current technical education is back in 2018. So I've been in this role since 2018, and. About two three months into my, my into the job, uh, Congress passed Perkins Five or, or the Strengthening Career and Technical Education in the 21st Century Act, and and the, what the state had to do is is among other things they needed to identify how they were going to assess the quality of a K twelve career tech ed program, and we had an option between three choices: one is dual credit in a CTE program; two is a, a post secondary credential. And three was a work-based learning experience. And after a summer and fall of of stakeholder engagement, I I must've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of people along with my staff doing the same thing. And everybody except for one person said, we want you to select work-based learning as your performance accountability measure. Really what we heard from students, from parents, from educators, from business and industry is we want an opportunity for students To get out into the community and learn about the world of work take the skills that they learned while they're in those courses while they're in those labs those shops what have you and let's learn how they can even apply how they apply more to to the career path Um, And then that helps employers become a partner in education instead of a recipient of education, a beneficiary of education. They're a partner in it. And, and some changes are not changes, but some upgrades, I guess we've made to some platform, our platform, our career exploration platform by bringing Patrick and his team into it um, allows us to do that.
0: You know, one of the things I want to focus on and you address this Patrick when somebody creates a profile they provide a lot of information in terms of their their interests and I'm going to use me as somewhat of a petri dish or an example I, I was not a particularly good student until my second year in college I I have somewhat of a learning disability and and besides that I was a kind of a cut up and didn't focus on a lot of things very well and it 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 took me a while to figure out how to study well and then how to test well that said all along the way there were things that i was engaged in that are really a large part of my current dna I loved music, so I started a rock and roll band about the time, Wade, that uh, Burdick Job Corps Center was established 1964. It was the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all that stuff. So everybody was starting a band, and I did too. And then I became a lead singer, so I became really comfortable being in front of people. And then in school particularly high school I got involved in theater musical and plays and the reason I think that was important in terms of who I am today there was when you could overcome this fear of being in front of people when you can be in front of people talking to them singing in front of them your world is kind of your oyster because you can be really comfortable in a lot of other areas. And that helped me then overcome some of those weaknesses that I have and still have, frankly, by building up my skill sets that I could do something about. And the reason I I wanted to bring that up is what I heard you say, Patrick, I think, is that these interests that you have, these activities that you get involved in, which might not be part of curriculum necessarily, they're critically important Mm -hmm for how you shape your future and where you might want to go, right? Totally.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Um, It's funny. I've got, there's so many, we could talk for a few hours on this topic. So um, just to share with you a couple of examples when we were one of the first career profiles that we ever did was with the company uh, uh, general equipment. They basically have large construction machinery, Komatsu machinery. They do a really innovative program with NDSCS where they get diesel technicians Um, in that program, and then they sponsor them and then hire them when they graduate. And we interviewed a bunch of diesel technicians about what they were like in high school. And actually, all of them kind of had a similar story, which was we were the kids that got sent to the principal's office because these students did not learn by sitting and listening to somebody lecture to them. They learned by doing things, by using their hands and walking around, which doesn't surprise anybody because they are amazing diesel technicians. But that traditional classroom setting didn't work for them. Uh, but a lot of those kids would teach themselves how to, you know, work on their car in the garage at home, or they did construction projects. So, 100% agree with you, Mike. That those, if we were to measure those students just by their classroom performance, um, they may not rise to the top. But there are certain careers that those kids are perfect for. And so, how do we help them understand that there are ways to gauge your potential success that are different than just, you know, the grade that you get in a class? On the flip side, we were working with Microsoft. Um, So you can see how our model works for a variety of different careers and different um, companies, just like uh, Korean technical education, the classes that they offer. We were talking to Microsoft um, folks in a role called a CSS engineer, customer service and support engineer. And there, one of the commonalities between some of the people we talked to is that they all played strategy games for fun when they were growing up, specifically uh, Dungeons and Dragons or games like that. Because they had to work together to solve problems, they had to socialize, they had to communicate. And it turns out that in this job, you're sitting around your coworkers and you're turning around and asking them questions and learning from others on what they've experienced and how they solved a particular thing. Have you ever seen this issue with Azure before? So, those skills again that those students were developing in high school, doing things that they maybe didn't think had anything to do with a future career, they were developing the skills that were going to make them successful, just like you were doing that in your rock band that now is. Probably you're leveraging those skills right now, talking to us about um, about this topic. Uh, how do we help students think about about their future in that way, looking at everything they're doing, not just the classes that they're taking, or or maybe in some cases they're even being told to take by their parents or or whatever.
0: Wait, I'm going to go to you in a second, but Patrick, I need to ask you a question because you have Microsoft in your background. Uh, you're also an entrepreneur. What what did you see or what caused you to say, Golden Path Solution Compass, I need to do this? Yeah. What happened?
1: Yeah. Uh, so believe it or not, the, my my uh, degree in college was, I was an English major. I graduated with an English major and a math minor. People always ask me, why in the world, how did you get to where you are doing this? I was in finance at Microsoft, a, a lot of different roles. The thing that is common in my my career, if I were to look at my core strength, my my key skill, it's actually problem solving. I love solving problems. It doesn't matter if it's a technical problem or a social problem or um, whatever. I just, I love problem solving. And so uh, when I started seeing, you know, my origin story for Golden Path was seeing an organization I was doing consulting with having a real hard time finding talent that they needed for a specific role. And I started thinking about, well, would there be a way to solve that problem in a way that would also help my oldest daughter solve a problem she was having which is what should i do when i graduate and how am, you know how am i going to pay for school and honestly looking at it from that perspective learning about the problem and then coming up with solutions is really what led to golden path um that started a journey that now has gotten us to where we are now um it's a lot more work than i thought it was going to be uh which i think is kind of a common story for almost any entrepreneur but I love that today. I get to work with Wade and and Wade shares with me, you know, things that he's trying to solve at the state level. Well, how can Golden Path help that? How can we help Microsoft and General Equipment or a small uh, business in rural North Dakota? How do we help them find talent? How do we help all students solve, um, you know, problems around what am I going to do and how am I going to get a job? I, I love that about Golden Path that we, that we basically get to help others solve problems that they have
0: you know I'm going to uh, plug your your website uh, goldenpath.net uh, for maybe a couple times but I happen to notice some of your partners and names that are well general equipment Fisher Stephas uh, Gate City um you, you have Marvin Windows you have some real significant uh, you know, almost institutions when it comes to commerce and economic development opportunities. So uh, good for you, by the way. Yeah.
1: And I think those, you know, just real quick, I think those companies all understand the value of investing in the future. And those companies, almost every one of them, well, every single one that you just mentioned and lots of it, others that aren't on our website yet are all really invested in helping students get opportunities um, that are going to help them make better choices. And that's where I think the work that Wade and his team are doing and, and basically finding ways to get those employers plugged into what's happening in the schools and ha- letting those employers have a voice about what those students should be learning for those particular industries is huge. Um, so kudos to those employers that you mentioned and many others that that you didn't uh, for making that investment in, in our future workforce.
0: Absolutely. Wade, I'm going to come to you in one second. I, I also want to mention Sanford i want to mention sanford because in the um, comments that were offered by the person from sanford the words talent pipeline were mentioned and i've heard that a number of times and that's what this conversation is really all about talent pipeline how to match up interests and skills with prospective employers and opportunities and talent pipeline is critically important for so many of those open positions in the future of our state. Wade, as I mentioned, you you really started cutting your teeth with the Burdick and that Sen- Senator Quentin Burdick, hit one of his initiatives, Burdick Job Corps Center up in Minot, which was established in 1964. You you were there for a while. What, What did you learn on the job at at Burdick that you're still using today? Because it's such a similar concept, if you will.
2: A couple things. First of all, a lot of things. Let me, not a couple things, a lot of things, but to be brief. Um, One of the things I learned is how academic education and career and technical education, they shouldn't be competing for the students. They should be working together. One of the things that I did towards the tail end of my time at the Burdick Job Corps is we would have academic instructors come to us complaining, hate to use that word, but, but stating that they're having behavioral issues with their students. Where on the other hand, you could have the CTE instructor say nothing but great things about the exact same student. So what we decided to do was we're going to change how we teach our academic content because part of the mission was to get that student their high school diploma or equivalency if they come into the center without that, because you need a high school diploma or a GD and some technical training to secure a job and get on your career path. So what we did is 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 we 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 broke apart the academic department and tied it to the career and technical education department. So that a math teacher would, a specific math teacher would work with students that were in the hard trades, like welding, auto, carpentry, and and they, so we tailored our math lessons and our reading lessons to align with what they're going to learn in their specific trade. Um, We did that with health sciences. So, So why we did that is we wanted to create relevance in the academic education. Um, so, so many times you you hear a student that's sitting in a CTE classroom and all of a sudden, that's why we had to learn geometry. That's why we did that in physics. That's why we did this um, because it's, it's relevant. The, the skills that we learn in our math and our English and our science classes on the academic side, if we educate right, we can tie it back to to to, to their career. So I I learned just the the value of it's not us versus them, it's all of us working together to train that student and and we need to make sure that education is relevant. Another thing that I learned um, was just the value of the work-based learning experience. Um, That was almost a requirement for a student to graduate from a job course center was to finish their academic part finish their vocational their, their their career and technical education part, but then also get out on a work-based learning experience and, and hone perfect those skills while you're out in the community. So that was just a, a second thing that I learned. Um, and then a third thing that I learned that, that I and it'll be the final one that I discuss is the value of the employability or transferable or durable or whatever you want to call them. I don't like call them soft skills because soft skills sounds fluffy and sounds like it's, it's, Easy to learn, employability skills are tough to learn. um So we 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 evaluated our students at the job course center based on not necessarily how well they're performing technically, even though that was important. We wanted to see progress, but we evaluated them on their employability skills. Did they show up to work on time? Did they make sure that their cell phone was put away? Did they communicate? Did they work as a team? Um, so we we worked incredibly hard teaching and evaluating on employability skills, because time and time again, we heard from employers, those technical skills you're tra- you're teaching, they're great. And we want that foundation, but we need employability skills and we can take a student with some basic technical skills and we'll take them where we need to take them. <laughs> but we need somebody that has those employability skills. So I think that was just, just hammered into my head how important those are. And when I was at Commerce, I heard how important they are. And I when I'm now that I'm at career tech ed, I hear how important they are. So they're, they they have not gone away. Um, we just got to make sure that that's, that's the focus of education is is eventually employability. And part of that is not necessarily reading math and th- those, those, even though those are incredibly important, but it's also just how to be a good person and how to be a good employee.
0: Wait, I got I need to ask you this question based on what you just said. <clears throat> and, and thank you for sharing that, by the way. Employee, employee, employability skills today. With the, I'm grabbing my phone. I see so many people spending so much time communicating and doing just lots of things with their smartphone or whatever it is. Uh, Even texting people in the same room, for example, that's how how they communicate. Is it a greater challenge today because of technology than it was when you started at Verdict Job Corps Center because of technology or um, am I nuts?
2: I, I guess the cell phone that we know of today is just another tool and if you use the tool the wrong way or depend on it too much you're going to potentially lose out on other skills i'm being very philosophical and i'm not sure if i'm making sense but but yeah i think i think what you just said mike where people texting somebody in the same room instead of looking at them in the eye and having that conversation yeah it's 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 with with social media and technology, you know, students are are just bombarded by that, and we need to make sure that we show them the value, not reteach them because they know how to talk. You know, they know how to they know how to talk to their friends. They know how to talk to students, but just reinforce the value of the face to face conversation, and, uh, and and really using technology, people can be really really mean when they have that filter when they have that shelter in between where if you're a face-to-face conversation, you you have to, you you have to think of that person's feelings. that's in front of you, uh, and, and their viewpoint. So, um, it's just, it's just another tool. And, and I'm not saying these will ever go away. And I'm not saying these things aren't, aren't important. They are incredibly important. Technology is allowing us to have this conversation. If it, if it wasn't for technology, we'd be sitting in your, your office having this, which, hey, I'd be, I'd be fine with that too. Um, I'd be, I'd be tickled because of that. Um, but it's, it's a distraction. It, it's a distraction. And we need to make sure that we are reinforcing that you need to set that distraction down and and use it as, you know, when necessary, but use the other skills that are so
1: important as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, one of the foundational parts of Compass that we tried to build in is how do we use technology as a way to help scale the way an employer can reach students. So by creating profiles in our application and sharing career profiles, they could share their information with, you know, technically right now, uh, you know, over 30,000 students across the state of North Dakota, that would not be possible without technology. And so it provides the ability for students to learn about things that maybe they never would have been exposed to, particularly, again, rural students that might not have connections to these larger companies. So I'm a huge fan of technology, but it can also be, it can also cause problems and cause distractions. And kudos to the people that are trying to figure that out, um, that are trying to figure out how do I manage this how do I not become punitive and be like you can't use your cell phone ever? Uh, because they understand that there's value there, but then also, you know, on the flip side, uh, not trying to do anything at all, and then students just kind of go back to sometimes maybe what they're comfortable with is is just communicating and kind of like using it as a as a way to distract themselves from different things that um, that may or may not be useful for them.
0: Patrick, I, I just for the sake of clarity for for folks listening the name of your company is golden path solutions compass is the the platform that that you created that connects the the student the interests with the prospective employer is that is that a good way to say that
1: yep yep and it can get a little confusing um you know there's a lot of different platforms here that that we're using and that we're rolling out um but you're exactly right so golden path solutions is is the company um, and the reason we did that is because we've got this technology platform called Compass that is our primary focus. But we also add, uh, we also provide services around helping employers understand what talent are you looking for in certain positions. Um, if you want to get sponsorship contracts for tuition reimbursement programs, we can help with that. But Compass is, is, like you said, is the platform we use. And the work that we actually did with Wade and with his team is um, there's another platform that's been used in North Dakota for gosh, uh, between 15 and 20 years, I can never get the, the, the year, number of years right way, but it's called nd.gov. And it's been used um, for a variety of different purposes, career planning, uh, college planning. It's actually not only used in, in high school, but it's also used in middle school. It's used at the workforce development centers. It's even available to higher ed students. And what we basically did is took parts of Compass and integrated that within Are You Ready? so that it was a seamless experience for students. And then we built alongside of that an employer login where they can create information and choose schools to share that with. So that again, a company in Fargo can get connected with students across the state or vice versa. A company out in Williston or Watford City can get connected to students across the state that maybe they would never be able to uh, physically connect with. Uh, just because of distance, because we've got a we've got a large state, All right? Um, but yeah, Are You Ready is the platform that we've integrated with that is managed by Wade and his team.
0: But th- thanks for saying it that way, because I I was just going to ask Wade. I seem to recall because I used to be on the board of Marketplace of Ideas, Marketplace for Kids. What was there? That that's how I met uh, your predecessor, Wayne. I seem to recall Wayne having a hand in development of Are You Ready ND. Am I right when I say that?
2: Yep, yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, and and Patrick said it best, you know, Are You Ready ND has been a career exploration planning resource that's been around for 15 20 years. I don't even know how exactly how long as I, I could always ask. Um, but integrating those components of Compass into Are You Ready ND was the next evolution of of Are You Ready ND. Um we, to, we want to continue to add value to a resource that's available to every student across the state, seventh grade on up. Uh, instead of having us two different platforms that a student has to, to log into, um, we, we have one. Um, and the really cool thing is a student, in order to access RU Ready and D, they actually log into their PowerSchool account, is, which is where their transcript and their grades and everything is located. So they log into are You Ready or into PowerSchool Their Are You Ready? ND account is right there. They click on that, they can get into that and embedded in that is is Compass and those work-based learning experiences and those sponsorships that Patrick has talked about. We wanted a one-stop shop for students to go to so that they could do everything they wanted to for career exploration.
0: Guys, let me ask you this question with regards to the partnership broadly and generally speaking, educational. There's, I don't know how many school districts we have, quite a few in North Dakota. State Board of Higher Ed, there, there are school boards. There are a lot of people that are involved in the delivery system uh, of education. Uh, and sometimes there, there's a resistance to accept something new just because people are busy. Their, their plate is full. I don't know how I could make this work. What's the working relationship like between CTE Golden Path and education, generally speaking?
1: Yeah, I, I can. Uh, you're exactly right, Mike. Uh, there are so many things on on educators' plates, and so adding one more thing for them to learn is is a lot. That's kind of why we wanted to integrate what we could into Are You Ready, because that is something that they're very used to and familiar with. Um, So what we try to do is we try to provide as much as we can to make the educator's job easier. So a lot of what we're doing is employer outreach. So we're trying to get employers into the system, educate employers on why work-based learning and career profiles, like you said earlier, is another talent pipeline that you should invest in, just like you should be investing in your recruiting team or you know Monster or Indeed or whatever those sites are. We want to get employers added to the system um, to take a little pressure off of educators and the work that they need to do to go out and find these uh, companies that are willing to offer work-based learning. We provide templates uh, that educators can share with local companies that we may not get connected with. Uh, Wade and his team have done a great job doing training, um, actually getting a new uh, type of uh, credential, a work-based learning certification, so that there are actually people across the state that would be uh, involved in this process of getting education and employers connected Um, and that's where I think this partnership has been so exciting and so rewarding personally for me is because it is that intersection between employers and what they need, which is workforce development and talent to get them to the next level, but also education and what their mission is, which is to get students ready for their career. So whatever we can do to help make that whole process better. Um, and actually, we get to see uh, where there are educators that are very keen on getting, you know, their kids exposed to employers. I think about Haley Janot up in Williston. There's so many examples, but Haley is just somebody who's just fired up about this opportunity. She is so underwater when it comes to the things that she has to do every day, but she is so excited about getting a student connected with an employer. Um, and it's fun to see that excitement and that employer is excited because they're getting uh access to potentially to a future worker so everybody wins it's fun to see that mm.
2: you know if I could add to that Mike um <laughs> I think you know, I'm gonna go back a, a, about 10 years um my first month or two on the job I was asked to attend a conference where my supervisor at the time my director at the time um was presenting on on public private partnerships, partnerships between industry and between schools. And it, it was an education conference. And, and I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but one of the administrators is like, it was, was just adamant. We don't know how to reach out to industry. We don't know how to get them into the schools. And then I go to another conference or meeting and it's employers and the employers are saying, I don't know how to get into the schools. I make calls, I don't get the right person. Um, and, and and what Compass, I hope what Compass can do is provide that that communication piece, provide that single point of contact that one person at the school is reaching out to multiple employers. And and so that employer knows who to reach out to when they want to get in. Um, there's instances mm-hmm. where there's employers being called by different educators at the same school building and they show up for a career fair and and it's, they're, they're co-workers and they show up at this meeting and like, Oh my gosh! I didn't even know you were coming here. Well, this this educator called and this educator called. So it, what this does, instead of adding more to the plate, you know, again, you know, I, you know, the use of technology, um, instead of adding something new to the plate, it's a resource, it's a tool that will help. Take some of that burden off. You know that's the whole point of technology. Ever since technology was a thing back in the Industrial Revolution, the point of it was to make our jobs easier and make us more efficient. Um, and and we're going to need to do more and more of that. As you know, you mentioned you opened this this conversation, Mike, with with low unemployment, a lot of unfilled jobs. We, it's a numbers game. We don't have enough people, so we need to depend on technology and we need to use it use it smartly, um, not only in industry but also in education. Uh, and and because we are going to have less people to do this work. So let's let's have the right technology help us do our jobs um, so that we can do it right.
0: Patrick, I need to ask you this question with regards to when when you look at what's available at, at CTE, you, we have supervisors and folks involved in the trades. You know, technical side, industry, marketing and education, areas where there are a lot of ways we're reaching out, or they, I should say, no, we're in the same state, we're reaching out to do the best job possible to provide opportunities for young people to access skills that makes make them uh, em- employable or, or more ready for the future, what was it that you saw at CTE when you're putting together Golden Path and Compass that says that's a perfect marriage? What yeah. what was it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think one one thing is is that CTE in some ways is trying to provide more real, more specific experiences that can really help a student understand if this is the right fit for me. Maybe more even from an industry perspective. Um, Because I think, you know, if you think about a traditional uh, academic class that maybe we all were required to take at some point, like algebra or, or even some of the physical sciences like biology or chemistry, those things are those classes are teaching skills that actually are needed in a lot of different industries. But like a health careers class is teaching you, well, how does that actually apply to things that you would be doing in a hospital setting? Or if you take a marketing class, you might be learning like, how do those things apply to the work that I would actually be doing to try to do market research and demographics and things like that? So, you know, I want to be, I want to make sure that we understand that those, those core classes are super important. But what I think CTE does is it kind of takes them and takes those things and puts them into a real world environment that a student that can then say, you know, I really enjoy this. Maybe a career in marketing is for me. They could also say, I really don't enjoy this. And maybe marketing isn't the right path. But I want to go down a different path that still is going to require mathematical skills, but maybe not in the in the marketing industry, so to speak. Um, when I talk to folks about CTE, and this is something that I'm, I'm going to probably start annoying people, um, including, Wade, unfortunately, even your team when we were down in Vegas, is I think CTE applies to every single job that any person can do. Because it doesn't matter if it's health sciences, it doesn't matter if it's trades, it doesn't matter if it's programming or engineering, CTE has options for all of those industries and all of those classes. So for me, the the traditional core academic classes complemented by CTE experiences, it gives you real real, real world experience, maybe even exposure to a company. That is the perfect way for a student to figure out what am I good at, develop those skills, potentially get connected to an industry or a company that might be willing to partner with them after they graduate. Or also help them understand that actually the four year degree and and getting something that I can then really research and see what's out there, that's my path too. We want to be clear that, like Wade said earlier, we're not trying to pigeonhole any students. We really want to give them the tools that they can use to make their best decision. And there are so many different options out there uh, that students can learn about and take advantage of. And we're just trying to help them understand what Mm -hmm. those options are.
0: Wade, but before I forget, you you have something coming up in January or? February that people should know about
2: at CTE? Well, yeah. Uh, thanks, Mike. So as as we all know, um, legislative session is right around the corner. Um, and uh, luckily for, for us, um, we were able to, and this is something we do every session, um, but we uh, re- reserved the Memorial Hall February 6th through the 8th. So, we will have current technical education in Memorial Hall. Um, and, and we are inviting secondary and post secondary programs to come in and show legislators front and center what's going on in those programs. Now, those types of activities are happening all the time, um, should be happening all the time locally. But this is a, an opportunity for legislators to maybe see things that are going on in, in high schools and career tech ed centers and and community colleges and tribal colleges that aren't in their backyard yeah uh, so it's just exciting um like i said we do it on an annual basis uh we, we even focus on uh, the career tech student or, student organization so ffa um fccla fbla deca skills usa tsa i think those i hit all six um so uh if I didn't, I apologize to the one I might have forgotten. But but we also talk about the importance of those student organizations um, because that's where students learn leadership. That's where students can learn competition. Um, in our high schools, we have competition in, in in our sporting events and things like that. But this is another level of competition where students can compete um, on technical skills, on on leadership skills, on on those types of things. So so we make sure that we we showcase those student organizations. And it and it jogs a lot of memories of our legislators because a lot of them were in those student organizations while they're in high school and 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 they see those those red jackets or those blue jackets or those emblems and they're like, Yeah, those were the best days of my life. So so we uh, it, it's exciting that we get that chance. Um, the reason why we picked that time is is February is also National Career and Technical Education Month. So we do that all in in conjunction. Uh and and uh, it's great. Um, we have different booths every day for those three days. So uh, um, uh, it's just exciting to see the students interact with with our policymakers and show them the value of career technical education.
0: Wade, I'm going to a follow-up question. Thank you for that uh, overview. <laughs> so you have a magic wand. You could wave it over the heads. And in this case, the legislators in the upcoming session, which work so hard for all of us, they, they have... They have a lot of things coming their way, asking for help, asking for money, funding, et cetera. It's a tough, tough job. This is about the future of our state, our kids and and employers looking for talent and that talent pipeline. Going back to the comment from the Sanford person on your website, Patrick, if you could wave a magic wand over the heads of the legislators, what's the one thing? you really want them to know regarding the importance of CTE in your growth.
2: You're making me pick one thing? <laughs> Only because of time. <laughs> Only because of time. You know, I, I think the one thing is that CTE is, and I'm gonna kind of echo what, what I think Patrick said earlier. CTE isn't just for those kids that are not going to go to college. CTE is for every kid. We can we can backtrack every occupation into a career and technical education course or program. I, I, I've been in this role for a little over four and a half years now. And when I interviewed, one of the questions they had for me was, what's your long-term goal? Ten years. And I said, every kid in North Dakota is a CTE kid. So I think that's, that's my goal. My magic wand is, and, and, again, I'm not discrediting the general education. I'm, I'm, I'm a f- former history government economics teacher. We we need to integrate academic and current and technical education because what is being taught in those gen ed provides the foundation that helps. And, and then what career tech ed does is bring the relevance. So it's, it's, you know, it, the magic wand is it's to get get away from the idea that career and technical education is for the kid that is doesn't do as well in school and is not bound for college. Um, that's that's what I want to see for North Dakota.
0: Mm. That's good. By the way, I, for some reason, I was just I could have swore I saw <laughs> a post from Kevin Reisenauer, maybe today or yesterday. Speaking of CTE and, uh, you know, that that whole offering that you have, kid from West Fargo was in Kevin's program, I think. And now is some senior, has a senior position in either Google or, you know, in fact, now I'm going to ask Patrick a question and I'm going to Google it and find it. But Patrick, similar question
1: yeah well, first, let me give a shout out to Kevin and Decca. We actually had an intern come on board. um his name is Logan uh, from West Fargo high School uh started working with us last summer. He's now going to the University of uh, Nebraska and Omaha, a rock star kid. just amazing. like you give him a task and he's out there and he's got it done in like five minutes and he's uh he was a, a former um part of the leadership group, the statewide leadership group with decca. and I've got so kudos to Decca and kudos to Kevin. By the way, here um, it's great it is to know who that is.
0: Meet DECA alum, Colin Ide. Colin was a member of DECA at West Fargo. Did you already find it? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> at Fargo High School, West Fargo High School and started his work experience at Best Buy while in high school. Today, Colin is working for Best Buy as the senior manager for e-commerce category lead. He has been with Best Buy for 22 years. He served as state president of North Dakota DECA his senior year and competed at the International DECA Conference.
1: Boom. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I knew I, knew I saw story. it somewhere. Perfect story. Um, if I could wave a magic wand, uh, you know, obviously, as a we're, as an entrepreneur, you know, we want to see our company uh, thrive and grow. One of the things, though, that I my, I'm holding myself and my team accountable to is we want to make sure that this ecosystem is thriving and growing. So for us, what we want to make sure is that uh, I, I I think big, and uh, I used to work for Governor Burgum when he was at Microsoft. So I I get a pass on this. I would love to see any employer, any employer that plans on being open two to three years from now, being part of this ecosystem we're building, because they need to be in front of students today who are going to be the workforce of tomorrow. So we just want to make sure employers are aware of this. Uh, get them signed up. Uh, it's HTTPS, uh uh, compass.goldenpath.net. They can create free logins and I'd love to see every employer signed up. But on the flip side, I also want to make sure we're adding value to students and and to educators. So I want to see adoption on the student side going through the roof. Um, In My perfect world, you know, as we roll this out and get more things going, we just have a super interactive, vibrant ecosystem of uh, students and schools and employers working together and helping take our state to the next level. And um, whether it be energy or precision ag or technology or cybersecurity, uh, cryptocurrency, there are so many things that we're gonna need more talent in addition to everything we've already got going on. So um, the opportunities are huge. Uh, There's a big challenge ahead of us. And I think the partnership that we have with Golden Path with uh, Wade and his team and even commerce and and different people across the state, uh, there's just a really cool opportunity. I get to, to, there's lots of problems for me to get to work on. So I'll be a happy guy.
0: (laughs) Guys, we'll have this on MikeSeminary.com. Best ways for people to reach out or find more information, Patrick, you just went over. I want to give that again. And then uh, any contact information you want the public to have.
1: Yep, yep. So you can get to our sign-on page by https uh, colon forward slash forward slash compass.goldenpath.net. And you can sign up there as a new employer. Um, You can sign up there. Um, there are some signups for students, but in North Dakota, all students, like Wade said, have access through PowerSchool. And are you ready? Um, but you can, uh, employers can get started there. And you can also just contact me directly, uh, patrick at goldenpath.net.
2: Wonderful. Wade, how about for you? Sure. If you want to learn about what's going on in career technical education, you go to cte.nd.gov. That's our website. Um, and uh, follow us on on on. Twitter and Facebook, because we're posting not only what the agency is up to, but then also what is going on locally. We love reposting stuff. Um, if you want to get a hold of me directly, wa sick at nd.gov is my direct email. And uh I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody about career and technical education and what we're doing and and open all, all ears about what we should be doing because uh it's education should be when it comes to career technical education education should be driven by industry so if you're out there and you have ideas i'm all ears
0: yeah guys thank you so much this was really informative for me i i know listeners and followers of my seminary and friends will will, will enjoy it thanks for what you're doing it's so critically important um it, Wade, it was great to see you again. I miss working uh, working with you. Appreciate what you're doing. Patrick, good seeing you again. It was such a treat meeting you during the well, in Bismarck, so, you know, just a few years ago. Um, if you happen to see Kevin, Wade, in the next day or two, let him know. I, I'm going to reach out to him. I want to know how to get a hold of Colin. I'm going to put him on the podcast and maybe mm-hmm. along with Kevin because he's such a low-energy guy. I don't know that he would... <laughs> he 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 lights up a dark room doesn't he? He is really something. Get well, those I'm guys. Got, up.
2: I I will walk down the hallway and check if he's around and I will let him know that you'll be getting a hold of him. Maybe I'll just say hey get a hold of Mike he wants to he wants to talk.
0: And that's just a cool story. I mean, who doesn't go into Best Buy, right?
1: <laughs> well, Mike if you want us if you want a recently graduated student to be part of that conversation let me know. Logan um is a rock star and I'm sure Wherever he is 22 years from now, I'm I'm hoping he's with Golden Path, but uh, he's going to go far. So again, kudos to Kevin and Decca and, and all that stuff. And yeah, honestly, I'm gonna, that's one example. If you have his contact information, so I'm gonna, uh,
0: send it to me. I, I want to get a hold of that guy, too.
1: Sounds great. Any
0: last words before we we uh, conclude this? I'll go to you, Wade, first.
2: Just again, thanks for having us on here, Mike. I just love talking about this topic. Um, platforms like this gives me a chance that to reach a lot of people. Uh, so I just appreciate it and, and thanks for your support, miss working with you as well. But uh, um, I'm hoping anybody that listens is listening right now, um, wherever you are across the state of North Dakota, look into your high school and find out what's going on in career and technical education and, being, and, and and try to get involved. Um, we, we need all hands on deck when it comes to educating our students. Education is changing and and we can't just lean on the schools. We need partnerships.
0: Absolutely. Well, well said. Patrick?
1: No, uh, same thing, Mike. Thank you so much for having us on the show. And uh, when we first met, um, I could tell, and you've reinforced that through all the different times we've talked, you are a huge cheerleader for our state. Um, And so thank you for that and cheerleader for local companies and local initiatives and and all that. Um, So it's been really a pleasure, uh, Mike. And, you know, you said you kind of wanted to work with Wade again. I'm sure If we looked hard enough, we could probably find something for you to do. So, Wade, maybe we need to have a conversation about that. We probably got an internship or something like that that we could hook you up with. Maybe see if you'd like a career, uh, you know, a career change in in your future.
0: Yeah, I'd help in any way that I can. Love North Dakota, love kids, love the future, and uh, just passionate about it. Uh, I think you have my contact. I now live by, the we now live over in the Valley. I don't know if you know that, Wade. We built a home. In West Fargo, to be closer to our daughter, who made the decision after graduating from NDSU to be in law enforcement. She's a cop with the Fargo PD. So if you need some help over here, I
1: know a couple of people.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you so much. Take good yeah, care. Thank you. Too. You
1: take Bye, everybody. Bye.